Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Week five of the NFL season is behind us. Week six of the college football season is behind us. We've got a coach that's been fired. My water is now safe to drink at my house. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank God. I've been so worried about you, poisoning yourself slowly by drinking tap water. Um, yep. Nope. I'm good. Everything is safe. Uh, boiling water is no more. Got the notice, uh, Saturday morning and we're good. Very good. Very good. Uh, what was not very good, Joe, was the slate of football this Saturday, in my opinion. Thought it was pretty bland weekend of college football. Maybe bland's not the right word. Would you say it was anticlimactic? (sighs) I mean, I always enjoy watching football. I I certainly didn't. I mean, like Iowa-Michigan was a real, you know, just a classic Big Ten game uh, that was kind of, you know, I found myself flipping around through all the Big 12 games at noon uh, to avoid Iowa-Michigan. But uh, here we are, you know. I mean, Ohio (laughs) State-Michigan State wasn't quite as competitive as we thought. Uh, Florida-Auburn was was entertaining. Was it? Michigan-Ohio State? 34 to 10, man. The first 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. It was like a little bit tight. Yeah. But yeah, you, you watch these games, you're like, yeah, I know which team's the better team. It's just a matter of time. Right. It's like ch- keep chipping away till the levy breaks. And I was really impressed. You know, one of the players that I wrote about, I wrote about on Saturday morning was Ohio State running back J.K. Dobbins and his reemergence as a dynamic player. And, uh, looking much more like the 2017 version of himself versus the 2018 version of himself. And Joe, he blew up a Michigan state rushing defense that has came into this game, averaging like 1.8 yards per carry on the season. And he torched him. And I think it'll be interesting because we'll inevitably have this conversation as we always do with, explosive offenses and and how much of Dobbins's production is Ohio State offense versus how much of Dobbins's production is uh, his actual talent right so where do you did you watch that game extensively yeah I've I um I've watched a lot of Ohio State this year um mostly because I keep betting on them and they keep making me money um but I have been impressed with Dobbins, and I wasn't impressed with him last year. I, I thought he was kind of a plotter, which is a, a term that's got me in trouble in the past. Carry um, on. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, I mean, this guy looks like he's a little bit more dynamic than I anticipated. I mean, he ripped yeah. off, what was that, like a, a – he housed – 60-something yeah. yard run. I mean, 7.2 yards of carry on 24 rushes against Michigan State. Like, as you said, they were limiting opponents – 55.8 yards per game, less than two yards of carry on the season coming into the game. So Dobbins has a little something to him. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, that translating from, you know, the, the Miami of Ohio's and, uh, 
you know, Ball States, whoever the heck they were playing now to teams like Nebraska and Michigan State. And so, um, you know, I don't know that he's that top tier of backs like a Taylor or Swift, but, uh, you know, he's that second tier. And if you're looking for a complimentary runner to round out your backfield, I think Dobbins would be a nice fit. I'd really like him in the Lamar Miller role with the Houston Texans. Sure. Yeah. Second round, because that's the only pick the, the Texans have in the top 100 this year is their second round pick. So maybe they trade back. I don't know. It's, it's a whole lot of lines to connect between now and a whole lot now and then and a whole lot of things that can change. But I'm just kind of projecting him forward and would really like him in the Houston system. Can we keep it with Ohio State here for a minute, man? I, I yeah. just I really like Sean Wade, their cornerback they have over there. I think he's just a redshirt sophomore, but like mm-hmm. like I said, I've been watching a lot of Ohio State, and I'm like, who's 24, man? 24, 24. And I'm like, all right, this guy's like a big time recruit. He's play makes big plays every week. He's getting sacks, he's making plays on the ball, he's physical, he plays fast and, and, and intuitive. I mean, like one somebody I think for for takes on takes tomorrow, like I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but like this Ohio State secondary, Okuda, uh, Arnett, uh, Fuller, Wade. Wade, you compare it to like LSU with Delpit and Fulton and Stingley and my God, like those are unbelievable units. And Bama's right up there too. But like this Sean Wade, dude, I mocked him in the first round uh, of my mock draft that came out on Monday for the Draft Network. And uh, I don't have any regrets about that. He, he's a good player. He's gonna be, yeah. And he's big enough to play outside. And I think he could play nickel too. I love his versatility. Well, Ohio State almost plays him exclusively in the nickel. I would love to see him play more outside. But who are you going to move? You're not going to move Akuda. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, I'm thinking the guy Arnett on the other side is Damon Arnett, who, yeah. who's an established starter on the outside. Yeah. So Sean Wade, I mean, he he's thriving. And I think we think a lot about the the way the league is trending and college football is trending and the, these nickel – hybrid defenders that can do a lot and kind of be a jack of all trades, you're seeing their their value skyrocket, right? Like the Dolphins just drafted one in Minka Fitzpatrick in 2018 and turned around and flipped them a year later for a pick that might be higher than the pick they used on them, and they picked them at 11. And that demand is very real. And I think Sean Wade shows you a lot of that same level of versatility with his aggressiveness and tackling and getting off of blocks on the boundary and, and his ability to play man coverage skills and turn and run and a very exciting player that checks a ton of boxes. Yeah. Well, Marcus Joyner and uh, Tyron Matthew, other players that are kind of like that, they get paid a lot of money. So uh, we got to talk about Jordan love, right? The big test against LSU. And yeah, um, I guess and look, he, he was the player I thought he would be in that game. He's the player he was last year He's a player. He was against Wake forest um has some moments he flashes that really nice release his big arm he can move a little bit but by and large this is a quarterback that's a little reckless with the football and I don't think he processes coverage very well and you know I'd written about it on Saturday before the game about you know how much does this performance matter and I referenced two other Mountain West quarterbacks and Derek Carr and his matchup against Fresno State or against uh USC in the Las Vegas Bowl in 2013 and of course Josh Allen's long history of crap performances against power five competition and let me just tell you, from an actual valuation perspective in terms of what I think the NFL views Jordan Love as, I don't think it changed one bit after what he did against LSU. The, the, the promise with Love's always been the physical traits. Right. And, you know, th- there was a report that had come out last week from Tony Pauline who had suggested murmurs from scouts that that Love may be the first quarterback taken. And there's a lot of layers to that. 
and I don't doubt that scouts probably to- told Tony Pauline that, but the scouts that are watching Jordan Love right now are area scouts, right? Mm-hmm. So they're assigned a certain area of the country. And Joe, we did this the first year we did the draft network. Everybody was responsible by and large for a certain conference. And then when we got together at the end of the summer and we sat down and we tried to put together comprehensive big boards of the entire country, everybody's board had more players in the conference that they studied extensively than the players that they did not. And I think that's a natural, inherent, guys on the West Coast are going to love Justin Herbert and they're going to love Jordan Love because of their physical tools. And they're going to see glimpses and, and you know casual viewings of Tua Tunga Viola right now. And they're going to say, oh, well, he's short and Bama makes it really easy for him to. So there, like, there's, there's a lot right now that like, I don't want to say dismiss that opinion, but I do think it is worth noting that those opinions are are right now, at least most likely, coming from guys who are boots on the ground in certain areas of the country. And uh, Jordan Love, it's never been a problem, as you said, of physical talent and tools. And if you look at him from that perspective and you think about some of the quarterbacks that have gone early in recent drafts, it makes sense. And it's easy to poke holes in the other guys if you haven't really taken the layered reads and, and studies into getting into the the nitty gritty of those guys' tape. So, a lot of a lot of information, a lot of opinions right now. But I don't think anybody can say anything with any definitive confidence regarding anything that's going forward in the 2020 NFL draft, with the exception of there's a couple teams that really stink couple teams of those teams really need quarterbacks. And it seems like one of those teams has eyes for Tua Tunga Viola. I'll tell you, it's uh, back to love. It's, it's just tough to, to figure out if the NFL is going to treat him like um, Josh Allen in terms of valuation, or if they're going to treat him like Drew Locke, right? It's, it's not, not that those are comparisons by any way, shape or form, but you know, toolsy quarterbacks, do you, do you buy in or not? You know, what's that line? What's the things that push you over and make you want to to buy into a toolsy guy versus the, you know, this, these are the flaws that we don't think he can be a franchise guy, but his warts carrying over year to year certainly lead me to believe he's more of a project than he is, you know, a guy that someone's going to invest in to be their franchise guy from day one. Well, and even if he, that can still make you a first round pick, but that will effectively kill your chances to be the top quarterback because nobody's going to tank this season for a project quarterback. Right. And there's a 0% chance Jordan Love, based on what he's put on film for not just the LSU game, but his entire career, he's not ready to play as a rookie. Mentally between the ears, there's a lot of improvement that needs to take place. And that's not to say not to say that that can't happen. And he can't come into an NFL locker room this offseason and pick up the playbook fast. And it's it's a supporting cast issue and some limitations in the offense kinds of issues. But everything that we have seen right now, I don't know how any team that's picking number one overall or in the top three looks at Jordan Love and says, yeah, you know what? Our entire roster stinks out loud. <laughs> But let's draft that guy and build around him. Before we continue, let me tell you guys about Roman. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but the saying of the Pledge of Allegiance in your head or counting backwards from 10 doesn't always work. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Roman Swipes are clinically proven to last longer in bed. 
They're effective, easy to use, and fast-acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in a discreet, unmarked, unmarked package, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner, so you can last longer without worrying. They're super easy to use. Just take swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. Got a, got a deal for you guys now. You can get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL for, for $10 off and free two-day shipping. Again, GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Got any other takeaways from college weekend that we feel like we need to talk about on today's show? It's LSU wide receiver, man, Justin Jefferson. He's a dog. Good. Imagine, imagine not having him ranked in your top 150 like some members of the draft network. You know, haven't seen everyone yet, Kyle. It's a lot of, a lot of football <laughs> to watch, so got a feeling he'll be in there next that, time. Listen, I was going to say, it, he has made a very, very strong impression. Going back to the Texas game, too, you know, the, the ball skills on display, the body control that he has, uh, the burst with the ball in his hands, there's a lot of really promising traits there that indicate this could be an, a starting X receiver at the NFL level with his size. Yeah, he's he's lighting it up. Uh, you know, what do you have? Nine catches for 155 yards and two touchdowns against uh, Utah State. And um, I think he's he's had 300 yard games this season, scored a touchdown in four to five games for LSU so far. So Joe Burrow's you know certainly making a big name for himself at quarterback, and Justin uh, Jefferson's a guy that's you know been big reason why in the passing game. He's making a lot of plays at receiver, and man, he's making noise in what's a really good wide receiver class to begin with. They've got a uh, a sophomore too, yeah, Jamar good. Chase, who's like just as maybe even more dynamic, yeah, you know. And he's another bigger body guy, plays strong. So I'm really, I don't want to look too far ahead because LSU's got to play Florida this weekend, and I don't think that's an easy out. Although LSU does have the advantage of playing him at home, but. I'm looking ahead to LSU-Alabama with the potential of those two teams playing. Oh, my goodness gracious, that's exciting. And what sucks about that is they're in the same division in the SEC, Joe. Well, that means they have to play. But, uh, you know, look, LSU-Florida is interesting because we'll talk about it, obviously, later in the week. But um, Florida's past defense has been unbelievable this year. You know, and I, I don't yeah. think they've been challenged, right? I, mean, I Really, they have not been challenged. The best best two teams they've faced is what, Tennessee and Auburn, and Bo Nix is bad, and that was Jarek Garantano was like, you stick a fork in him that day. I mean, so they really have not played a great team, <laughs> passing offense or a good quarterback. So this will be their first big test, but they are suffocating other teams right now. And well, they played Miami too, but again, this, that was that kid's first start ever at in the college level too, so – We'll find out. We'll find out. It's going to be a fun game this Saturday. Good weekend of college football ahead of us. Speaking of Auburn, Florida, you guys have till tomorrow morning to send in your mybookie.ag bet slips for the free money bet of the week again this week. Uh, I had somebody tweet and say, can't wait to see which team from Alabama costs you money next weekend. 
So we are instilling a no free money from schools from Alabama policy here on the show. Uh, as a reminder, if you're not familiar, uh, every Thursday we do college football bets against the spread. And I said, lock in Auburn minus three at Florida free money bet of the week. If it doesn't hit, you guys send me your bet slips and I will reimburse one of you up to $20 for my bookie bet. And uh, they did not hit again. Joe, you mentioned Bo Nix, uh, probably the worst quarterback performance I've seen of the year. And uh, yeah, so I'll be paying up again tomorrow on the show, live on the show. I'll send it out. So, or at least reach out to the winner, Joe. You're not allowed. I didn't. To I didn't. I did. And you were right there with I didn't me. Take the bet in real three. life, so I can't. Yeah, I Smart. did go. I went two and one this weekend, but should have stuck with my. I should have stuck with man. my gut. Well, uh, no, I got the Washington, the Stanford thing right. You did, yeah, and then I. Game. Uh, they beat. I should have went with Notre Dame. That was a bad switch. They won fifty-two nothing. Covered that forty-five point spread, man. Yeah, there there were a couple spreads that were like right on it. Like Texas, Texas line was yeah, ten and, and a half. They me won by and, me and uh, owner of uh, you know, TDN, JC Cornell. We both made some bank on that game. Man, go Buckeyes! Very good. Glad to hear. Oh, we, yeah. What are you talking Joe, about? We this fired coach, news. or you got something else? No. I'm not talking about the fired coach. I'm talking about the Draft Network store is live on the website. As of right now, like immediately right now, we're recording this at 1.36 p.m. on Monday. And we have a store How do I live get to it, with some merch. How do I get to it? Go check it out. Where do, where the main page. Oh, right here. Store. Enter the store. Right on the. Wow. Do you see what I mean? All right. We gotta talk, can we talk about Jay Gruden getting fired? Yeah, we probably should talk about the Redskins firing Jay Gruden at 5 a.m. The Dolphins got company for the number one overall pick, brother. You better go Jets, Bengals, or Redskins, or else this uh, tank for two is going to be a little bit of a foiled plan. But um, I wrote about it over – Yeah, so Miami's got to take care of business on the field and lose those football games, man. Um, I wrote about it uh, this past June. I said the best thing that Jay Gruden can do for his tenure in Washington is hitch his his wagon to Dwayne Haskins and make ownership believe that the best thing for Haskins is Jay Gruden, just like we've seen for other coaches. And he failed to do it. He resisted it. He played Colt McCoy, and he he hasn't taken the time to get Dwayne Haskins ready, and he got fired. I'm surprised Gruden lasted as long as he did in Washington, given, you know, Daniel Snyder's resume of firing coaches, six coaches in the first like 10 years of being the owner. And he actually inked Gruden to an extension at one point. Well, he's lost enough football games and I didn't have high expectations for the Redskins this year. And that's why I thought, you know, getting aligned with Haskins was going to be the most important thing for him. Uh, But uh, we've got our first, uh, first vacancy of the year. All right, so I'm looking at what I did this morning is I wrote the studs and duds for selling points for Washington's next head coach. And I laid down, hey, here's the upside. Here's the the three peaks of potentially taking this job as a prospective coach. And here's the three valleys of taking this job. And I can tell you right now, if I'm an NFL coach, I am not taking this job if Bruce Allen is still the vice president and general manager. Zero percent chance. How familiar are you with the way things shook out with Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, and Scott McLuhan? 
So you know, Scott McLuhan comes in in 2015. And it was Jay Gruden's second year as the coach. And McLuhan kind of builds this roster over two years. They go nine and seven and then eight, seven and one. Two winning seasons consecutively for McLuhan. And then he was fired very unceremoniously in March of 2017 before signing on to be, I believe he was advisory role with the Browns in 2018, Mm -hmm. right? And the Washington said, yeah, you know, Scott, he had some relapses with alcoholism and, and was showing up drunk in the locker room. And no Washington Redskin player ever verified that that actually happened. And the reports and stuff that snuck out since then is that there was animosity between Bruce Allen and Scott McLuhan because Bruce Allen was the VP and GM and receded his general manager title to give it to Scott McLuhan. And then the team started winning games and actually built a decent roster. And Bruce Allen strong-armed McLuhan out because McLuhan was doing the job that he was being paid to do, and it was making Bruce Allen look bad. Bruce Allen. <laughs> Fire Bruce Allen. Joe, the Washington Redskins, in, in games in which Bruce Allen is serving as the team's general manager, the team is 42-75. and yeah. 75. And then the way they hired McLuhan, and this is a secondhand account by Michael Robinson, former NFL player who's very close with McLuhan, uh, said... Bruce Allen called him up after the combine to his office and said, quote, nobody likes you in this building. (laughs) Nobody wants you here. Yep. Yeah. What? Like I, I'm not signing myself up for this kind of toxic environment. We, we talked about it last week, the ownership being a problem and owners don't just fire themselves. Right. Well, for whatever reason, Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen are so together at the hip, like the human centipede of NFL front offices, and it it's going to be very difficult for them to attract a head coach to want to come be a part of this with a roster that has so much work that needs to be done. Granted, they have a young quarterback in Dwayne Haskins, but a team that has so much work that needs to be done, minimal assets to do so from a draft perspective, and then you have this dynamic of having to walk on eggshells to not upset the people above you in the chain of command. I keep seeing people think Urban Meyer is a possibility for this job. Yeah, I don't no. see it. I, I mean, I guess the the reason for believing that is Dwayne Haskins. Um, I don't. Should we tell them that Ohio State's offense looks better without Meyer <laughs> and without Haskins? Well, or should we just let that ride? You know Snyder's going to want something splashy. I think he's limited in the splashes he can make. Um, I, well, right now they're saying Tomlin. Tomlin. The Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. Yes. That that reportedly, some, some of the, I believe it was ESPN guys, had said the anticipation is Dan Snyder's going to see what strings he may have to pull in order to acquire Mike Tomlin to be trade for Washington's next head coach. They're going to trade for Mike Tomlin. You're one. You're going to get the, give the one back and give Pittsburgh who traded their one, get to give him a one, give him a top five pick. 
They don't have it too. They gave it to Seattle to trade up for Montez Sweat. I can't, man. Well, I guess Mike Tomlin wouldn't have a choice in the matter, right? If he's traded. Right. This is interesting. Maybe he could quit. This, this is really interesting right? to me because it really goes in line with what you just said. Who's going to sign up for this? This is your chance in the NFL to be a head coach. Who's going to take it? I got to trade for someone. Mike Tomlin. And listen, who was a fairly consistent comparison for Dwayne Haskins coming out? Carson Palmer? I don't know. No, 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 no. Come on. You think who's Mike Tomlin coach? Oh, I don't think so, but it was a consistent comparison for style of play within the pocket. Well, you know, he's also, we were also told he was a running quarterback. People are so confused about what Dwayne Haskins is and isn't. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) But a guy who's big, strong, downfield arm. You can't trade your first round pick for Mike Tomlin. It's going to be a top five pick. You have to. And that's what makes it so difficult is this has to be sorted out by like (laughs) January. The second week in February at the absolute latest. It's not like you can trade back and then trade your one. You're feasibly talking about trading a top five pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They need a stabilizing coach. You don't know if that's like a Herman Edwards or something like that. Just somebody like that. I don't think that's splashy enough. Being predictive with the Washington Redskins, I don't know if I can do it. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Kansas the City offensive coordinator yeah. get a call to the enemy. That would be interesting. But don't don't do make that. a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of $100. All right, Kyle, let's uh let's close this thing out talking by, I guess, the rest of the NFL, right? Um what's uh what's your biggest takeaway? We didn't have we didn't have a great week on the preseason no. picks here, Joe. It's because you wouldn't let me have the Bills over both the Jets and Titan. Well, that would have given us two more wins. Nothing to do with it. How would it have given us two I more wins? The Bills, I wanted the Bills over the Jets and Titans. You wouldn't give it to me. I'm talking about this week, and we picked Tennessee at home, but who you know, could have won the football they game. just didn't. Did not win the football game. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they could have won. They didn't, and I get that. But we every AFC exclusive game this week <laughs> really? we got wrong. We picked Pittsburgh over Baltimore, Tennessee over Buffalo, the Chargers over the Broncos, and the Chiefs over the Colts. Well, some of those are surprising. Like that Chiefs, that Chiefs-Colts game last I, night. My God, I wrote the mock draft – with anticipation of the Chiefs winning the game so that I would have the order correct. And then the Colts went into Arrowhead Stadium and won on Sunday Night Football. Just big boy to man. They just won up front. I'll tell you what, Marlon Mack has been a revelation so far this season. You remember yeah, Marlon Mack him. coming out of South Florida? Yeah, everything was yeah. push to the A-gut, yeah. bounce, and get outside. 
Push to the B gap, bounce and get outside. Push to the C gap, it's not there. Okay, I got to double back, lose five yards, and try and get to the outside on the backside of the play. He's he's waiting out blocks, putting his hand in the center of his guard's back on the boundary, and pushing him forward. I have no idea how you project that to, to be something that gets better. You don't. You don't, but it's amazing to watch. And I've, I had such an appreciation for it because I appreciated the yeah. home run hitting ability of Marlon Mack. And I thought he was, uh, for not being the heaviest or densest back, he had good contact balance and he ran tough in traffic. He was just so quick to try and, I mean, I mean the Colts literally had to deconstruct his entire thought process as a runner and then rebuild it from the ground up to become the back that we've seen Marlon Mack be so far this season. It's amazing. Big Boydum, surprising game. Hate to see Kamoko Ture when he broke his ankle. Um, yeah. Yeah, broken ankle. Is that official? That, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's on broken the screen. Ankle. But. Um, it, it sucks. It, it's better than, a, I think, better than a knee for him, but he'll be he'll be fine in, what, like eight to ten months. Um, I mean, that, that was ugly, too, because it, he was on the backside of the play just, and got yeah. rolled up. So yeah. best right wishes. End of the game too. Really sucky. Uh, how about the Packers? Thirty-four yeah. twenty-four uh, win in Dallas. This game was what, like thirty-one to three at one point. Uh, Dallas showed some life in the second half. Green Bay doesn't care about stopping the run. Mike Pettin's defenses never have right. Like he's historically always been terrible stopping the run. I th- I don't know if it's by choice. He doesn't know how to teach his guys to fit up the run. I don't know what it is, but. Um, I'm not sure if that that's eventually going to be something that's going to bite them in the butt, but uh, that was a big win, especially because they didn't have Devontae Adams. But we've been concerned about the supporting cast. Aaron Jones goes out and has four rushing touchdowns. Um, Mari Cooper. Made me look smart. Well, they made you look smart. I, I Yeah, I said the critical, uh, critical matchup of that 4 p.m. game was – uh, Jimmy Graham slash Aaron Jones versus the Cowboys safeties and linebackers because of the loss of Devonte Adams and Jones. Well, yeah, and seventy-five receiving yards on seven catches as well. I mean, he ne- nearly two hundred yards rushing, four or yeah. two hundred yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns. I think it. I was surprised how loose the Cowboys were with the football. They got three picks on Dak. And you could argue the last one, the Kevin King one, was excessive contact and probably could have been called illegal contact downfield. Uh, the first one was a ball slightly behind Amari Cooper that probably could have and should have been caught that was deflected straight up in the air into Jair Alexander. But just, I, I guess Green Bay jumping on top of them as swiftly as they did was the difference maker in the game where Dallas moved the ball pretty effectively and Green Bay in the second half is nursing like two and three touchdown leads and they're giving up 40 and 50 yard touchdown passes. I'd really love to see a rematch of this game and see if Dallas is able to prevent falling into that steep hole so fast. What the end was. Wait to the playoffs for that, sir. So. Uh, can can you hope so? I actually while I'm while I while we're recording this podcast, my brother sent me a text message. He said, uh, "Skins fins this week is Kyle nervous." What, what do you think about this right now? I, we got to get to the Dolphins here. This is part of uh, this draft podcast, and 
No, I, I really do uh, think it's, it's fascinating right? because, you know, this was kind of the, I think the Dolphins had a clear path to the top pick, but Bengals, Redskins aren't cooperating. The Jets haven't won a game this year. I feel like they probably will at some point, but we talked about it. I, for Miami, I don't think there's a consolation prize to Tua. Like, you got to make sure you lose these games, Kyle. Right. Uh, no, I'm not nervous because it's week six. There is a whole lot that will and can change between now and then. Uh, Washington still has to play the mm-hmm. Jets. Washington gets to play the Giants again. Um, so th- there will be addition, and then and then there's inevitably that game that they win that you just you're super confused, right? You say, "How the hell did this team win this football game?" And I think Washington can have one of those as well. And listen, Washington specifically. Interim head coach, the team is going to look on the horizon and they're going to say, okay, chopping block is coming at the end of the season. They're not going to cut it down now. They'll cut it down at the end of the season when they get the hard reset, they get a new coach in here, they'll make some big changes. The coach, uh, yeah, I believe it's Callahan. Callahan, right? Bill Callahan's interim. I mean, he's going to coach and try and convince Washington Might that he deserves to. a chance to be the full-time head coach. Yeah. And if that's the case, Washington's still going to be playing motivated football. A lot of times you see teams that start terrible, make a firing at head coach, suddenly the team plays with more intensity. And I think Washington's a team, especially with the Dolphins game, the Dolphins have to throw their extra week of bye week preparations in the trash can. You don't know what you're going to get now. Total wild card with an interim head coach coming in there. Bill Callahan talk about how they need to run the ball more. Right? So so I think that shift kind of, it makes this game a wild card, but still, by and large, if the Dolphins win this game, and if the Dolphins somewhere along the line win another game, you still have a 70% chance of securing the top pick with two wins. Based on historical data, right? based on 40 years of a 16-game schedule. Well, and the Redskins aren't probably aren't going to take a quarterback, so your real threat's the Bengals. Right. Well, you look at the Bengals. they got to play the Ravens this week. That'll be a loss. Jacksonville. Jacksonville's playing okay, but I could see Jacksonville being a team that plays up and down the competition, right? hmm Down the road, in the final games of the season, Cincinnati has to play Pittsburgh, Week 12 in Cincinnati. Then week 13, they play the Jets at home. And then week 16, they play the Dolphins. Again, three winnable games. Maybe they steal one they have no business winning. Maybe they beat the Oakland Raiders in Oakland week 11. So I I legit think, like, people say you have to go 0-16. Well, yeah, from a mathematics perspective, that's the best way to do it. But I really don't think it's necessary. The Denver Broncos just beat the Chargers, and the Chargers are in in position where they really can't afford to be losing to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. it At home. You really can't afford it. And there's no excuse for a letdown game. You're playing the Steelers, and you're coming off a game against the Dolphins. Broncos just won the football game, jumped out in front, bounce here, bounce there. And that's the difference between Miami and all these other teams is, with the exception of Washington, who's terrible, right? Um, Miami's not even close. 
(laughs) Cincinnati came back 14 points and had the game tied until a field goal at the end of the game lost in the game against Arizona. The Denver Broncos were 0-4 but lost games by like 4 and 3 points. Well, the Bengals made it interesting against the Bills too. I mean, it's Yes. Um, and they played they, they lost to the Seahawks by like 1 point. Yeah. Yeah, that's so the, the wins I see your point. Dolphins are still going to be okay. Just don't find ways to beat the Bengals and Redskins. Right. Um, well, and if I, you do then you you can't afford to win any other game the rest of the way to have a chance. We got to talk about the Raiders. Yeah, man. Three, three and, two. and two Oakland Raiders. What a Khalil. weird. Does not make any sense to me, Joe. Khalil Mack, three tackles. thought this was the revenge game. He's going to have Josh a Jacobs sacks. got three touchdowns, didn't he? Uh, he had two. <laughs> uh, oh, went to one. Chase Daniel, man. This guy's been p- playing in the NFL since 2009. He's made $34 million to be this preferred backup quarterback. And this is what he is? Listen, he had a good second half. But his first half was terrible. Threw two picks in the second half of the football game. Um, That's why he's a backup. That's why he's, he's always just going to be a backup. <laughs> but for a guy that's been around as long as he has, didn't you expect to see like at least like uh, a Josh McGowan Level flash or something? Uh, not really. No, I mean, nope. yeah, because you know who he is. You you remember him back at Missouri. You know right. what he is. But this guy's been getting a deal after deal after deal to be a quarterback in the NFL. He started five games, two and three in those games. Well, listen, he's really he's he's a stand up guy. Does well on the whiteboard. <laughs> you know, you you might need to call on him for two or three games, but that's it. And you know, he's. He's a really reliable presence in the locker room. Nice veteran player to yeah. be your backup quarterback. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's how you explain that right there. Boring. Hope you guys come back and see us again tomorrow for Takes on Takes. Joe already mentioned we have a good slate of hot takes lined up to dig into. We're looking forward to doing so. Uh, tomorrow we'll also announce the winner of the uh, Free Money Thursday from last weekend's uh, betting slate. There's uh, not supposed Auburn to be winners, not- Kyle, for the free Winner. Winner. They're not supposed to be a winner, Kyle. It's supposed to be free money. I understand that, but for somebody, it is free money. I'm happy for them. It feels good to be on the slate of winners. I'm not happy for me. This is 40 bucks in two weeks now. On my big fat mouth. I, I should have just taken the Wisconsin game. Like I anyway. I digress. Come back, see us again tomorrow. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.